can turn to Genesis 22. Yep, Genesis 22. It'll be a little while before we get there, but you can turn to there while I get hooked up here. Okay, so, so far we have looked at the case for God's existence. So we've, um, we're starting looking at um, God and what he is like. Um, so, so far in this series, we, um, we looked at the case for his existence. That is, that is t- it is totally reasonable um, that a God exists. You know, it's, it's a reasonable expectation based on, you know, what we um, see around us. Uh, and then in the second lesson, which, you know, took a few weeks, um, we saw that there is a, a, a language for talking about God, just as there is a language or jargon within any academic discipline. And so firstly in that we saw that when we want to talk about God's total being or his reality, we refer to it as his essence. Okay, so when we talk about God's essence, we're talking about uh, God's total being, what he is, what he is like. Um, Further, um, you know, and then, and then as we look at his essence, we can, uh, um, we can divide that up a little bit as well. And all, I'm oh, just getting ahead of myself, uh, we can divide that up a little bit as well. So we can, we, we can talk of his nature and his attributes. Okay, so these make up God's, um, God's essence. And his nature um, can be further broken down to his spirituality, his personality, his unity and his triunity or trinity. And so we've already looked at his spirituality, the fact that God is spirit. And um, this week we start to look at his personality, that he is a person. Now remember, these words are merely a way of talking about what God is like. You know, the Bible obviously is the source of um, what God is like. And, um, And so... As, as we go through this series, you know, which, which is theology, um, as we go through this series, then, um, you know, we're talking about what God is like. And so sometimes we're going to use words which are directly taken from Scripture, and sometimes, you know, we're not. We're going to use other words that help describe the concept which is taught to us in Scripture. And, and as an example of that is... Um, so, we're, you know, words taken directly from scriptures like spiritual, that God is spirit, okay? But a word that's not taken directly from um, scripture, but the concept is there, is the Trinity. You know, the fact that we have one God, but three persons in the Godhead. Um, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. You know, that's, that's the um, concept uh, of the Trinity or the doctrine of the tr- Trinity. Yeah, but the Trinity itself is not found by the word is not found in the word of God, okay? But the concept is. Um, and so we need to remember that as we go through this series that, you know, some of the words are taken directly from Scripture, some of the words are not. Um, and we need to, we need to remember that. Um, and, but the words are just a way of describing, you know, an aspect of what God is like. Um, so today we start looking at his personality. Um, and... 
The importance of this is related to the question, well, how do we know that God cares? And, you know, as, as I was um, thinking through the week about, um, you know, about uh, this part of his character, the fact that he's a, he's a person or his personality, why, why is that significant? And, and I think the significance is in the fact that, um, and this will, once we sort of get past this introduction, um, this will become clearer, but the significance in the fact is, you know, um, people, a, a lot of people out there don't believe that God cares, that he's not involved in the world today. Um, and, you know, which is a false belief, isn't it? I mean, we know that God cares. And this is part of his character. This is part of his, part of his personality. And we'll start to look at that today. And then, you know, another related question um, is, does mankind care whether God cares or not? Um, and, you know, that's, that's a question you can um, dwell over as we go, go through this, um, this lesson. Okay, so firstly, there is um, two prominent impersonal concepts of God, which are a result of man's and or Satan's perversion of what the truth actually is. And that is that God is a force, um, you know, not, not, a, not an actual being, but a force that's out there. And I guess probably the closest thing that we can probably think of um, that relates to that is Star Wars. You know, when, when they talk about the force. Um, and also that God is nature. You know, when people, people talk about mother nature. Um, uh, so it's, it's the idea of pantheism. Um, you know, like the Hindu um, religion where they believe God is in everything. You know, the trees, the animals and so on. Um, and so the question is, is God a force of nature or is he a real person? And this lesson, which will take a couple of weeks, um, will hopefully answer that question. All right, let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we do thank you um, for this opportunity of just being able to look at what you were like, um, look at your character, Father. And um, Father, we pray that, uh, that you will soften each of our hearts and each of our minds, that we would be open and receptive to what you have to say to each of us this morning. We pray that you will just uh, guide and direct what I say, Father, and empower me to only say those things which you would have me to say. And um, uh, pray that, uh, that, you'll just, uh, that you'll just teach us, Father, more about yourself. For it's in Jesus' name we ask these things. Amen. Okay, so is God a force of nature or is he a real person? So firstly... Um, I thought it'd be good to look at um, personality defined. So what do we mean by personality? Well, I thought you know, it'd be nice just to get a, a couple of modern day um, ideas of, of what personality is. Um, so the first quote is from the American Psychological Association, which makes sense. They would be very interested in personality. Um, and they say that personality refers to individual differences in characteristic patterns of thinking, feeling and behaving. The study of personality focuses on two broad areas. One is understanding individual differences, um, in, in particular personality characteristics, um, such as 
uh, sociability or irritability. And then from um, the Merriam-Webster dictionary, so there's a, um, a, a few ideas behind this word personality here. Firstly, the quality or state of being a person, that is a personal existence. Um, secondly, the condition or fact of relating to a particular person, specifically the condition of referring directly to or being aimed disparagingly or hostilely at an individual or an offensively remark, angrily uh, resorted to personalities. And thirdly, the complex of characteristics that distinguishes an individual or a nation or a group, especially the totality of an individual's behavioural and emotional characteristics or a set of distinctive traits and characteristics um, that is the energetic personality of a city. Okay, so it's um, these individual um, characteristics, so behavioural and emotional characteristics. Now, when talking about personality in theology, um, normally what we are referring to um, is the emotions, um, the will and the intellect. Um, and, that's, and that's normally what, uh, when we're talking about personality in theology, um, th those are the three main aspects of personality uh, that we are referring to. So remember, as we talk about what God is like, we will notice some similarities with ourselves because um, we are created in His image. Okay, now obviously we're not going to be the same essence as God, but there's going to be similarities between us um, and God. We need to remember that. So, what does Scripture reveal to us about the personality of God? So, what we're going to see, um, we're not going to see all four of these today, um, but firstly, we're going to see that his, the names of God demonstrate that he has personality, that he is a person. Um, also, we're going to see um, and you, you may even be able to think of some examples um, e even now, but God is contrasted with idols often in Scripture. And we're going to look at one of those passages um, this morning. And then also, um, he has emotions. We'll see that in Scripture as well. Um, and his involvement in the lives of people. You know, we started off by saying that the reason why this is important is because most people, well, a lot of people, um, believe that God doesn't care, that he's not involved in life here on earth. But scripture clearly demonstrates that he is and that he does care. And, um, and, that's, and that's why this is so important. Um, because we are, we are created in his image, so we are personal. Um, and, you know, this is where our likeness to God is. You know, he is personal. He does care about us. And that's important that we know that and that we can demonstrate that. Um, and so um, they're the four things we're going to be looking at in this lesson, but just the first two, or maybe the first one, um, we'll, um, we'll get through today. So firstly, um, his name's demonstrate it or prove it. Oh. 
how are we going with the um, filling in the blanks? We're, we're, we're right. So um, we've got personality defined. You've got those blanks all right. So that's um, emotion, will and intellect. Okay, so personality um, proven is where we're up to now. So how do we know that he has um, personality? Firstly, his names prove it. Firstly, um, Yahweh Jireh is, is the first name of God. Um, that is, the Lord will provide. Okay, and then this is take, we're going to look at Genesis chapter 22. Now, it's verses 13 and 14 that, uh, particularly that we're interested here, but we're going to start with verse 1 just to, just to get the context. Um, and some of you already, will already be familiar with this context. And it came to pass after these things that God did tempt Abraham and said unto him, Abraham, and he said, Behold, here I am. And he said, Take now thy son, thine only son Isaac, whom thou lovest, and get thee into the land of Moriah and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains which I will tell thee of. And Abraham rose up early in the morning and saddled his ass and took two of his young men with him and Isaac his son and clave the wood for the burnt offering and rose up and went unto the place of which God had told him. Then on the third day Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place afar off. And Abraham said unto his young men, Abide ye here with the ass and I and the lad will go yonder and worship and come again to you. And Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering and laid it upon Isaac his son and he took the fire in his hand and a knife and they went both of them together. And Isaac spake unto Abraham his father and said, My father, and he said, Here am I, my son. And he said, Behold the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? And Abraham said, My son, God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. And so they went both of them together. And they came to the place which God had told him of, and Abraham built an altar there and laid the wood in order and bound Isaac his son and laid him on the altar upon the wood. And Abraham stretched forth his hand and took the knife to slay his son. And the angel of the Lord called unto him out of heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham, and he said, Here am I. And he said, Lay not thine hand upon the lad, neither do thou anything unto him. For now I know that thou fearest God, seeing thou hast not withheld thy son, thine only son from me and Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked and behold behind him a ram caught in a thicket by his horns and Abraham went and took the ram and offered him up for a burnt offering in the stead of his son and Abraham called the name of that place Jehovah Jireh as it is said to this day in the mount of the Lord it shall be seen so that Jehovah Jireh means that the Lord will provide. And on that day, the Lord provided um, for Abraham as, as he took Isaac up to offer him as, as a sacrifice on the altar under God's instruction. Um, and then as he was just about to, God said, you know, wait. Um, now I know that you love me more than what you love your son. You know, which was a big thing because that was, that was Abraham's only... Um, only son of, of promise um, and so um, and then God provided the ram on that occasion and that um, as, as we've said before that um, uh, that story is prophetic of Christ you know when um, I often refer to, to verse 8 where 
Isaac turns to Abraham and says, you know, we've got the wood and we've got the fire, but where's the sacrifice? And Abraham's answer is that God will provide himself a sacrifice, meaning that God will provide the sacrifice and that he would and that God would be that sacrifice. Okay, and that happened. So he, he provided a sacrifice there on that day um, in the form of a um, ram. So he provided a substitute there on that day. Um, and then that looked forward prophetically to when Christ uh, would die on the cross for our sins. God himself becoming our sacrifice. Um, and so the Lord will provide. So he provided on this day for Abraham and he has provided for our salvation in the form of Christ's death on the cross. That's one of God's names. So an impersonal force does not knowingly provide. Providing for someone requires emotion, will and intellect. Okay, so that was Yahweh Jireh or Jehovah Jireh. The next name of God is Yahweh Ra. Okay, that is the Lord is my shepherd. And... What better place to turn than Psalm 23? And we'll read the whole psalm. Psalm 23, verse 1, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So the Lord is my shepherd. Um, verse 1. You know, what does a shepherd do? He, he looks after um, the flock of sheep. Okay? He cares for them. He leads them to green pastures where, where they can, you know, they've got fresh grass to eat. Um, he watches over them. We, we know from, um, uh, from, from David how he looked after sheep, some of the things that shepherds did back in those days. Like David, David fought lions and bears. Um, you know, in protecting his sheep. You know, think about that. I mean, you think about the Dagons at the moment, you know, being in the, in the middle of all that trouble um, up there in Papua New Guinea. But think about being in a land where there's bears and lions. I mean, we don't have things like... I mean, the big predators like that, the closest thing we've got to that is wild dogs. Um, but, you know... David protected his sheep against the likes of lions and bears. I mean, I, there's no way I could do something like that. I wouldn't know what to do if I saw a lion. You know, there, there was no fence between me and the lion. 
and he was hungry, um, what would you do? You know, if you were, if, if that if that wasn't a part of your upbringing, um, what would you do? But you know, David, and and he was doing that from a young age. So um, that's some of the things that shepherds did, looking after their sheep. Well, that's you know, this is this is one of the names of God. Um, the Lord is my shepherd. I mean, what better person could we have as our shepherd um, than, than God himself looking after us? Um, you know, who is all-powerful? You know, who is everywhere? Um, who is all-knowing? He knows everything. And, you know, he's, um, he's our shepherd. He's looking after us. He's making sure that our needs are met. You know, just as a shepherd does with his sheep and making sure um, that we are protected just as a shepherd does, um, you know, with, with his sheep. So the Lord is my shepherd. So there's another name that demonstrate that God um, is a person. Um, and then also um, turn back to Exodus chapter 3. And verse 14. And God said unto Moses, I am that I am. And he said, Thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, I am hath sent me unto you. So the verb to be means to be self-existent. Okay? God does not depend on anyone to exist. He is self-existent. We depend on God, whether we choose to acknowledge it or not. We depend on God. But God depends on no one. Okay, he is self-existent. Um, he, he, doesn't, he doesn't need creation to exist. Okay, because he, he only depends on himself. Okay? So he is self-existent. So this demonstrates um, that he is a person as well. So each of these names indicates something more than just simply a force. Um, it indicates a being with mind, with will and emotion. Someone who can think, plan and do. Further, personal pronouns also prove he is a person. Um, turn over to John chapter 17. Uh, John chapter 17 and, um, and verse 3. So here Jesus prayed um, that we would know his father. So John 17, verse 3. And this is like, you know, we start at verse 1. These words spake Jesus and lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour is come. Glorify thy son that thy son also may glorify thee. As thou hast given him power over all flesh that he should give eternal life to as many as thou hast given him. 
And this is life eternal, that they might know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. Okay? That we may know him, that we may know God. Okay? This verse clearly indicates that God is a person who can be known, that we can have a relationship with. Um, so that demonstrates. So these per, even these personal pronouns um, demonstrate that God is a person. Okay, next point. Um, his trust with, a, uh, with, with idols proves it. Okay, so um, his names demonstrate that he is a person, but also the fact that he is contrasted with idols um, also demonstrates this. Um, turn to Jeremiah chapter 10. And starting from verse 1. Hear ye the word which the Lord speaketh unto you, O house of Israel. Thus saith the Lord, Learn not the way of the heathen, and be not dismayed at the signs of heaven. For the heathen are dismayed at them. For the customs of the people are vain. For one cutteth a tree out of the forest, the work of the hands of the workmen, with the axe. They deck it with silver and with gold. They fasten it with nails and with hammers, that it move not. They are upright as the palm tree, but speak not. Excuse me. They must needs be born, because they cannot go. Be not afraid of them, for they cannot do evil. Neither also is it in them to do good talking about idols okay um, the workmen cutting down the tree fashioning the timber and covering it with gold and and and, and silver and you know making sure that it can stand upright you know with the way he's nailed it all together and everything um, but you know it can't move by itself it needs to be carried or born um, it uh, it can't speak and um, neither is it in this piece of timber overlaid with silver and gold to do evil or to do good. Okay, it's, it's, it's an inanimate object. It, um, doesn't have, it doesn't do anything. It's not even alive. Um, verse 6, For as much as there is none like unto thee, O Lord, thou art great, and thy name is great in might who would not fear thee O king of nations for to thee doth it appertain for as much as among all the wise men of the nations and in all their kingdoms there is none like unto thee but they are altogether brutish and foolish the stock is a doctrine of vanities silver spread into plates is brought from Tarshish and gold from Euphaz the work of the workman and the hands of the founder. Blue and purple is their clothing. They are all the work of cunning men. But 
The Lord is the true God. He is the living God and an everlasting king. At his wrath, the earth shall tremble and the nations shall not be able to abide his indignation. Thus shall ye say unto them, the gods that have not made the heavens and the earth, even they shall perish from the earth and from under these heavens. So what idols don't do, they don't speak, they don't talk, um, they don't see, they don't hear prayers, they don't answer prayers, they can't move. You know, they have to be born, they have to be carried. Um, you know, that's what our idols don't do. That's what we're, we're shown here in this passage. But what does God do? Well, look back at verse 5. Um, they are upright as a palm tree, but speak not. They must needs be born because they cannot go. Be not afraid of them, for they um, cannot do evil, neither also is it in them to do good. Verse 6, for as much as there is none like unto thee, O Lord, thou art great. And the implication there is that, you know, our Lord can speak. Our Lord can walk by himself. Um, our Lord can um, do good. Um, so thou art great and thy name is great in might. Who would not fear thee, O king of nations? For to thee doth it appertain. For as much as among all the wise men of the nations and all their kingdoms there is none like unto thee you know and and it's and it's interesting isn't it you know these these men that made these idols are described as wise men you know they're, they're cunning in their work but yet they're making something that's dumb that is not alive and worshiping it you know they're um, expecting it to do good or you know um, they're, they're expecting to have to do good to it so that it doesn't do evil to them you know all this sort of thing um, you know, it's just an inanimate object is the idol. But God, by contrast, is not. God is a person. You know, God can move. God can speak. God can answer prayer. Um, God can do um, all these things. God is clearly distinguished from things that have no life. He is a living person. So, God's personality has already been well demonstrated, you know, just in his names and in, the, in how he is contrasted um, with idols um, in, in Scripture. Um, you know, the fact that he provides demonstrates that he cares, okay? God cares, you know, he cares for us. He cares for the people in this world, so much so that he sent his son to die on the cross for everyone's sins. Um, he did that for us. Um, you know, we've just we've just had Easter, we've just seen, we've just been reminded of what of what Christ went through, even before he got to the cross. And that was bad enough. But then while as he hung on that cross and he cries out, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? As he bore our sins in his body, God had to turn his back on his only begotten son for us. God cares for us. That that's, can't be argued 
or can be argued depending on how you look at it. But God cares for us. Um, you know, there's, there's, there's no doubt about the fact that God cares for us. You know, he is a personal God. Shepherds look after their flocks because they care. And our God is a jealous God because he cares about our relationship with him. Um, and then also idols are powerless, but our God is all-powerful. He is able to do everything that he has promised that he would do. Our God cares. And um, it's important that we remember that. And we'll continue. Um, and I don't know if we'll finish the lesson in the next, next week, but um, in the next week or two, we'll finish this lesson on the fact that God is a person. He has a personality. And he cares. Um, in contrast to what a lot of people in this world think. All right, let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we, we thank you so much, Father, that indeed you do care. We thank you, Father, that, that you cared enough that in spite of um, the fact that you knew um, that, um, that we would sin, that you created us anyway as, as a people. And um, we thank you so much for that, Father, that you created us and that you sent your son to die on the cross in our place, that we, um, that we may have a relationship with you ultimately, Father. And we thank you and praise you for that. We thank you um, for the free gift of salvation um, that you offer um, to everyone. And we pray, Father, that you will continue um, to equip us for the work of the ministry. Um, Father, uh, help us um, to be always ready, to be always willing to give an answer for this hope that you have given to us um, with meekness and fear. For it's in Jesus' name we ask these things. Amen.